Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fantastic listeners, and welcome to episode 9 of Mysteries of the Unexplained. With me, your host this week, Wilhelm O'Henlone, <laughs> and my trusted sidekick, Anne-Marie Gann. Anne-Marie was the exotic name of choice for Irish 1980s babies. That's very true, actually. <laughs> I was like... How exotic can we make this name? Let's put two bland names together and yeah. see what we come up with. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah, they Hooray just kind for of me. And created. Yes, you're actually dead right, Annie. Never thought of <laughs> it that you. way. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of kind of Michelle's as well. Michelle yes. was a very yeah. kind of ooh la la name. I think ooh, it was a bit, bit French, French or something. Mm. Yeah. And, then, and Louise. A lot yeah. of Louise. Very fancy for Ireland in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, my older sister was called Amy, which was re. Oh, oh my God. I think my mom. Yeah. I think my mom had to peel back a little bit then. So then she had Richard and Anne-Marie. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah, you can't get and too then carried my mom, away with the names. You have to. You can give one exotic name and then go back to basics as well. No. Because the neighbours, you wouldn't want the neighbours thinking that you had notions about yourself, you know? Yeah, that's that's actually very true. Um. Would it be really weird if you had to start calling me Anne-Marie the whole time? Like by your full name, Anne-Marie. Yeah. Like obviously we call you Annie. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like it. I'd be like, oh. No, it's not me. Sake, it's not you. <laughs> it's really not you. You're more of an Annie. Anal Annie. <laughs> I'm sure for some legal reasons when I get in trouble for something, I'll have to change it to something else someday. Um, Speaking of legal reasons, yeah. well... Do you have a story that's going to get us into trouble this week? Um, well, it might get you into trouble because you might have a psychotic episode and do something. <laughs> I'm still recovering from, from the fucking flamboyantly gay, red-eyed, decapitated oh, yeah. yoke that you had on the last day. Yeah, I know. That was uh, that was quite the story. Um, uh, before I begin the story, though, this story is dedicated to Belinda Johnston, 
who is a new Patreon listener. And uh, Belinda, this is for you, honey bun. Well, I, I, I hate to put you off your game now, but I said hello to Belinda Johnston last week on my episode. Oh, did you record it? Did you put it into it in the end? Yes, bitch, it's in there because I listened to the podcast yesterday, actually, and it's in there. Oh, I thought it was. I thought we had forgotten to do it. And then I was messaging and being like, oh, your name will be in this one. (laughs) (laughs) We're so professional. We'll just just leave this in, Belinda, so you get a double episode then. Well, Annie, are you sitting down? Do you have a clean pair of knickers on you? Are you ready to go? Well, I I thought after... Sorry, my voice just went weird there. I thought after last week I'd just leave on yesterday's because it's probably going to be an accident. So there's no point in in wasting water, is there? No, there's not. You're dead right. Yeah, okay. So I'll uh, see how things go. Roisin, could you take your finger out of your arse and just press the fucking music button, please? (laughs) You might be getting the payment from the government, girl, but I'm watching you like a hawk. (laughs) This is called The Sandown Clown. Two miles off the coast of Hampshire in the United Kingdom lies the Isle of Wight. The island is known for its natural beauty and is popular amongst tourists. It is also home to the unforgettable and unsettling encounter that two children experienced in May 1973. On the east side of the isle lies the coast town of Sandown. At approximately 4pm on the day in question, a seven-year-old girl named... Faye, for anonymity reasons, or as a pseudonym, and an unnamed boy of a similar age whose family were vacating, vacant, oh my god, yeah, vacant, vacationing, vacationing, who were vacationing in the area, were wandering (laughs) around Shanklin and Sandown Golf Course. Exploring the green pasture and playing as children do, they suddenly began to hear a siren-like sound in the distance. Naturally curious, the children decided to seek out the noise and see what was causing this commotion. They followed the eerie sound through the golf club green and found themselves pushing through thick hedge growth which opened into a swampy pasture. Once they stepped into this pasture, the peculiar noise stopped. The children searched for the source of the sound and determined to track it down continued straight ahead. Their eager eyes peeled for any clues and their ears stood to attention at the faintest noise, desperately waiting for the siren to sound again. Soon they arrived at a wooden footbridge that crossed Scotchell's Brook, a small stream well known in the area. As soon as they started crossing the bridge, Faye noticed a tree-fingered hand in what appeared to be a blue glove emerge from underneath the bridge. The hand beckoned to the children, who stood watching in astonishment as a bizarre humanoid figure emerged from underneath the bridge and stood in front of them. Are you okay, Annie? (laughs) (laughs) Just checking in. Yeah? Just checking in. Okay. The children described the figure as being nearly seven feet tall and had no neck. Its head appeared to be wedged straight onto its shoulders and interlocked with the red collar of a tattered green tunic. It wore a yellow pointed hat, which had a round 
black knob affixed to the top of it, and wooden antennae were attached either side. The face had strange triangular markings for eyes, a brown nose for a brown square for a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on its paper white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto its forehead. Long wooden slats protruded from its sleeves and from below its white trousers. The children also noticed that it was seemingly barefoot and only had three toes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's your first thoughts on this fella? Um, some kind of circus clown? Like, the red hair fringe is really putting me me off. And the wooden, the wooden yeah. thing sticking out. Why are they saying wooden? I don't know. I'm getting kind of circus freak kind of vibes. Like. He had wooden antennae. I'm getting kind of something that fell out of a truck on its way to its next like circus venue. Apart from the three toes and three fingers <laughs> thing. I don't know. This is really fucking weird. And I think it's very much a kid's description of an like an alien kind of thing. Mm, interesting. Suddenly, the creature began fumbling with a book in its hands, only to end up dropping it in the stream below, and the children watched as it frantically tried to retrieve the book from the water, hopping and splashing the water, creating a humorous, clownish scene. After retrieving the book, the figure moved away from the children and walked with long, hopping strides, similar to an astronaut walking on the surface of the moon. The children followed and watched as it crawled through a flap on the side of what they described as a metallic windowless house. The children watched for a few moments and soon decided to leave. After they had gotten a few metres away, the creature re-emerged, this time holding a device which resembled a black-knobbed microphone with a white flex attached to a small box that apparently served as an amplifier. (laughs) I just love the fact like a karaoke a little karaoke machine. I just love the fact of him like coming out and like being like, Hey, I'm gonna tell some jokes for you guys be like Hey 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 testing testing so uh, so I used to have two kidneys, then I grew up, now I have two adult knees. Hey (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god I just that I just can't get that picture in my head. I just imagine him breaking into like an Ab- ABBA song or something. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> just doing a full on concert. You're here. Oh, yeah. Everyone has to try and butcher that. Like, who thinks that they can sing that? Who are you? Go down after that. Really, Mahanlin, a multi platinum record selling <laughs> artist. Um, I sent you over some lines. Did you get them? I have them here. Yes. I'm very excited. Continue. The wailing siren noise immediately returned, but this time was twice as loud and frightened the boy who started to run away. Faye was about to join her friend when the sound started to fade and the creature spoke into the microphone. Are you still here? A friendly mechanical voice asked. The children stopped and watched the eccentric figure open his book and draw something. Curious, they walked back to see what had been written. The boy, however, held back as Faye inspected the message. 
In a chaotic sequence of words, the message read, Hello, and I am all colours, Sam. Seeing that Faye was not being harmed, the boy moved closer, and the children soon noticed that the creature didn't need the microphone to speak. But maybe it used it to get their attention, or possibly it couldn't shout. When it did speak, however, its lips didn't move, similar to that of a ventriloquist. Sam reportedly asked the children about themselves, and so the children in turn asked him questions. First, they asked why his clothes were all ripped. He responded, I only have one set of clothes, so I have to wear them. Because of his strange white features, the children asked if he was really a man. The answer was a chuckled, No. They also asked if he was a ghost. The vague reply was, Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. What are you then, they continued, but only obtained the answer, You know, with no further explanation. He also said he had no name, even though he had said his name was Sam. (laughs) 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 So his uh, memory isn't great. And explained that there were others like himself and proceeded to draw a rough sketch of one of them. He also confided that he was afraid of people and if attacked, he would not fight back. At his invitation, the children crawled through a flap into his hut, which contained two levels. The lower level had plenty of headroom. The children noticed that it was wallpapered in a blue-green material and oddly covered with a pattern of dials. The room was mostly bare except for a small electric heater and simple wooden furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Which is practical. I mean, you would want to stay warm, but my problem with this... My problem with this is, is that he himself it seems to be made of wood and his <laughs> furniture is also made of wood. So is his furniture just like the core, like body parts of other beings like him? <laughs> I use my mother as a table and my father as a chaise long. Also, if you're made of wood... You wouldn't really want a heater because it could set you on In fire. In that small of an area. Yeah, I know. I did think that <laughs> too. It's like a hazard. Well. It's a hazard. Well, I, did th- I did think that too, but Sam needs to keep warm in fairness. <laughs> so what else are you going to fucking do? Like electric heater is better than an open fire. Let's it, be honest. It is. It is. Sam was learning the ways of the world. I just can't get over like the kind of clown outfit that he's wearing. Or <laughs> Yeah. I do have a picture that I'll send you at the end of this. Oh my God. Bitch, please. An artist rendering this. <laughs> yeah. The upper level was less spacious. Bizarrely, the floor, however, was metallic. Sam told the children that he had fed upon berries, which he collected in the late afternoon. He didn't say where, but did indicate that he had a camp on the mainland he could go to. He also said that the water from the river could be drunk once it had been cleaned. Once inside the hut, he removed his hat to reveal round white ears and sparse red hair. Before eating a berry, he performed an odd conjuring trick. He placed the berry in his ear, thrust his head forward, which caused the berry to disappear and reappear 
at one of his odd eyes. Repeating the process, the berry travelled to his mouth. A possible explanation could be that he was wearing some sort of protective mask and was analysing the berry to check to see if it was poisonous. That makes absolute, like, sorry, who's putting in that that explanation there? Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. And everything else, like, makes sense. But that was a little bit odd. But now we know that everything's okay. Now, this story was actually featured in the British uh, UFO Journal in 1978. Um, So I suppose they put in that that explanation. Well, thank you to the British Journal for making that clear. Because just up until then, I was finding it all very, very... Very, I very know. self-explanatory, really. Yeah, everything was pretty, pretty normal. Pretty normal. <laughs> like, pretty normal. Um, <laughs> childhood vacation in the Isle of Wight. Everything was pretty t- checkbox, checkbox. Like, everything was fine. The children talked to this strange being for about half an hour or more. Then, after saying goodbye, they rushed across the golf links to tell the first man they met that they had seen a ghost. But he merely laughed. But the children were convinced of their experience and that the being was either a ghost or someone dressed up. Which is even more unsettling. (laughs) Faye told her father of the experience some three weeks later, on June 2nd, 1973. At first he found the story quite unbelievable, but was amazed at the detail of the account and Faye's certainty as to its truth. She was quite upset when he suggested she had made it up. Mr. Y, Faye's father, still curious, went to see the boy, but found him not as easy to communicate with, though he did get a statement from him verifying that he had seen it too. Apart from make-believe, other possibilities included a shared hallucination or a deliberate hoax by someone. There was such an extraordinary amount of detail, however, which included the point that the creature clearly had only three fingers on each blue-gloved hand and three toes on his bare white feet, making a deliberate hoax somewhat difficult. Furthermore, if it was a hoax, why go to all that trouble? Mr. Y says in his report, Although bizarre, certain elements of the story rang true to him, and he also took account of the possibility of some connection of his own previous experience, Summoning it up, he says, I get the impression that Faye was somehow taken into a bubble of alien reality created by this strange creature. Sam told them that he had just made the hut. Also, Faye told me that while they were talking to this ghost, two workmen nearby were repairing a post and paid no attention to the weird charade as though they could not see it. And just to say that Mr. Wise previous experience was nothing like this whatsoever (laughs) he basically was beside the sea one day and looked down and saw two eyes looking up at him and thought it was some sort of sea monster and then they disappeared (laughs) that was that was was his experience (laughs) it was was probably a fucking fish (laughs) it was probably a fish whose eyes caught the light of the sun like but I did like I was thinking like the like how weird is that creature like tra- <laughs> like <laughs> I want Hello, to see I am I all need- color Sam <laughs> 
I need to see like an artist, like I need to see a picture of this bitch because all I'm thinking of is like a really bad kind of like clown slash drag queen. Like that's after taping a few of his fingers together. I also wondered like it was it some really like if it were something sinister, were it more more likely to be some kind of weird child abductor who was setting up a very like uh, a very complex plot and then just lost the will and just let them go? Or, or did they have an experience that they turned into this? But it is really weird that they said that there was guys, workmen nearby and didn't notice anything. Yeah, I thought that was really strange that they were saying that. Um, I'm just going to send you over the picture of Sammy boy. <laughs> It's nearly more disconcerting than the than than the like general like scary monster kind of thing because it's just so odd like it's fucking with my head like I just can't I I don't ugh. yeah yeah because it's so bizarre but also I think like it's so bizarre that like maybe it's real then although I did get the vibe of like a nineteen seventies like cartoon character yeah like. There were some things in it like the car- like that kids like would kind of have seen from cartoons and stuff like that. Like he had a microphone and a box or and then he had like a kind of clownish clothes and he had three fingers. Like it's kind of stuff that you think that they would have picked up from. Um, and also like it's just things that kids would say like he had a room with furniture in it and the furniture was wooden. Oh, of course yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. let's say if he was an alien, like I don't think, I think their technology would be more advanced than to have a little wooden chair <laughs> and an electric heater from the 1970s in it. <laughs> and if he did need to communicate them, he's not going to bust out a microphone with a lead and like a box and be like, hello, <laughs> hello, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but then maybe their technology is different. But that's maybe that's just like the closest thing that a child could could compare it to. Oh, this won't download for me. Um, maybe it's the. It's, yeah, but I, it won't. I can't. Uh, it won't on my phone. It won't do it. Let me try on my computer. Um. Yeah, like it. But then again, it's just the kids. Like if they don't know what they're looking at, they're going to say that it's like the nearest thing that they could say. So it, the thing looked like a heater, and the thing looked like a microphone. And yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it just makes me feel very odd that even that that even if it were a shared hallucination, like what would cause that? How do those? I don't think that they're making it up. I think that they had some kind of shared experience, but like what that experience is, like who knows? Do you know what do you think it is? I, it just reminds me of do you remember that Spice Girls um song "Viva Forever" and that video with the fairies, but also that little hoppy bunny thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I just I just opened the thing. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Okay, I'll try to describe what I'm looking at. We'll put it up on the on the thing to show you. Um it looks like like a, f- a character from like the magic roundabout or something like that. Yeah. Like it's got yeah, like it does actually. a circ a circular little face with like triangles for eyes and circles for cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's holding a karaoke. 
It looks like a cross a between microphone. a Bosco, if any of Irish listeners are listening, like Bosco's yes. older brother. Yeah. Who went More to college grown up and teenage came back. Bosco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, is wearing clothes that maybe I saw people wear in art college. Like just oh, yeah. weird. Like <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> but and it's true. Very, very plainly, three fi- three sausage fingers on each hand. A serious depiction on the front of this UFO, um, the British UFO Research Association, which was published. When was it? This is back in the seventies, sometime. And was there um, have there been any other anything else from that area from the Isle of Wight? Not well in relation to a clown alien <laughs> spiritual interdimension being no unfortunately it's not that popular um it seems to be a one-off event and um, him and his little teletubby spaceship seems to go away he is a bit of a teletubby i think um uh, oh my god he is like a teletubby he's very much like a kid's yeah, um kids cart- like, character. like a, a character but then like I say isn't that how a child would see it but you know what though Will I've been doing a bit of research for next week's podcast Mm. and um it's you know there's a few dimensions more than the ones that we that we know involved in that one as well and it's just making me start thinking maybe they did fucking come across this mad Mm. alien creature like how I don't know maybe they did see it yeah and if I was a child and I heard this story I would be absolutely terrified that anywhere that I went in the countryside if I went through a wooded area I would encounter Sam and his fucking metallic house and his fucking crazy triangle eyes and yellow lips and square nose. Well he was kind of like he was friendly enough in fairness like he like he tried to entertain them tried to sing them an old song. (laughs) He seemed to be friendly enough but in fairness like Annie if you were walking over a wooded bridge and a little blue glove came out with three fingers and then a fucking body emerged underneath the bridge you would fucking lose your mind. Oh sure I'd be after falling off the bridge into the water down over the waterfall gone dead and I'd be glad of it instead of having this encounter. He does see it it does, it like he does have similarities to you in fairness, as in when they described the way he was like fumbling with the book and it fell in the water and then he was trying to pick it up. It That does ring to me like that, like of you, if we sent you to another planet and we gave you like, a, here's your device, like here's your book device. You can use it as a book. You can also use it as an amplifier for your microphone. Don't drop it in the water. And then you'd be like, hello, children. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then like fumbling around in the water and then being absolutely drowned that you had to run home back to your house and dry off by the electric heater. It does sound like you. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's kind of the the alien of the group that everyone's like, oh, here, just send him off on a mission that he'll surely kill himself or something or crash land somewhere. Leave him off to fuck because he's kind of like that, like, dum-de-dum guy who never gets anything right. Which does sound like me. And thank you. <laughs> and this, and I've seen you do that berry trick as well. I've seen you put it in your ear, and we've had to go to the hospital to remove it. But still, I've seen you put it in your ear. There's lots of accidents every year with people eating berries that are unfit for <laughs> eating. Berries and I'm just dangerous. telling you, sticking berries in your ear is not as dangerous as people say. I love the fact that they were like, he was eating berries to survive. Like, I mean. You wouldn't survive for too long, would you? 
<laughs> oh, here we go. Annie's going to go down the vegan route now. I'm a vegan. No, no, please. Let's go on to, come on. No, ask no. Now, I just want to say one thing before we finish up this story is that on a darker side, what about if this was just a man in a suit trying to lure children yeah. back to a metallic hut? Yeah. But then I thought, well, the workmen couldn't see his hut, so he's obviously not a man in a thing. Yeah, but like, I think it might be like, and I didn't want to go down this dark route, but now you're after opening up that door. I wondered that the kids have some kind of experience like a, that they tried to rationalize in their brain and um, that it was something a lot darker than this clown. You don't think things can get more much darker, but it might be. So, um, or else, or else like, and even if it weren't if you did see the fucking thing and you came back like that is my this is my idea of hell having an encounter like that and knowing that it actually happened and then everybody being like that's Annie sure she's fucking cracked she thinks she saw like a clown alien and like then I'd get locked up I'd just get locked up yeah you would you would get locked up it's my greatest fear like I wouldn't believe you at all if you came back and told me that story I'd be like holy fuck she's fucking finally cracked Let's get her. Well, in I tell you one thing: a court, a court would use this podcast against us if any such thing ever Definitely did happen. Definitely would. Definitely would. It would side with me. I'd be like, "Oh, I was roped into it. I kind of just did it to help her. I don't know." <laughs> anyway, that ends our lovely story. And next we have ask any anything. <laughs> Ask me anything. Ask me anything. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> you are not able to do the, like you're not able just to do that. You, oh, I am. No, you've got a little Excuse touch me, of this OCD. is my week. Oh, Excuse sorry. me. Hmm. Annie, I have three questions for you this week. Um, oh. The first of which is, what is your favourite TV childhood show? <gasps> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my, oh my god. Um, oh, it's a really hard one to answer. Uh, favourite TV, uh, favourite kids show. Mm. Uh, you didn't have a I know that- did you? No, I well actually, come here. We lived in a mobile home for many years, and we only had a black and white telly. So I didn't have a telly, like a proper telly, for a lot of years, and then we only had two channels. But it was probably just something like, like just like, uh, oh, I know what it was. Farthingwood Friends. Does anyone remember that? Do you remember Farthingwood Friends? It was like uh, about all these animals who lived in the woods, and they were kind of led by a group of very wily foxes and mm. it was all about nature and it was all about man taking up their space and it was it was it was actually quite sad and quite dark but um and had really eerie theme music but it was kind of a little bit like oh Fern Gully it was a little bit like that but a but a TV show and then Fern Gully was my favorite movie as a kid thank you somebody really wants to get to know me you guys flirting with me out there oh my god <laughs> incredibly boring um, the next one yeah, next question we have is uh, what major historical event took place the year you were born now I can actually answer this um, the year was um, 1666 and it was the great London fire right, we'll move on to the next one um, the next question is what place would you travel to if you could teleport You know, uh, before pandemic times, I would have said Iceland because I really, really want to go there. But um, it's been raining in Ireland. Well, it's been raining in Cork for like two weeks. And I, I was watching some program yesterday and um, they were in Casablanca and it was, there was sun shining. And I just turned to Dave and I was like, come on, like, I forget what the sun feels like. I'm not a big one for sun holidays, but I mm. would like to go somewhere warm. Either Casablanca or Italy. I'd love to go to Calabria. Um, yes, I have been watching 000, and that's where I'm getting all my travel references from right now. But I would just love to go anywhere with sun for a few days, Will. Do you feel like I feel like I can't remember what heat yeah, feels like? I'd love a little sun holiday, just to get a bit of a tan, you know, and drive all the people wild. <laughs> I remember when we went for a holiday to Grand area, <laughs> me and you and Missy Conway, and uh, you guys kept tanning every day because you take mm. a tan and I don't. I'm like, you know, as white. And we used as you like as a, a reference point, point to see how darn tan we were getting. So we used to put our hands up to Annie's um, skin tone and be like, oh yeah, I am darker than yesterday because we'd use her as the control. <laughs> I was literally getting whiter. I was getting whiter. <laughs> 
But bitch, I would do it again. Plus, we were in, we would just go to a load of clubs where there was a load of gay men and uh, I might as well have not existed. I was like, (laughs) I might as well have just been the heir that you left in your wake because because they would turn around to check out the boys and then they'd see a girl coming and they'd just turn back to their drink or their dinner or whatever. And I was like, I literally don't exist. This is a great fun. But we did have a great time and we had loads of nautical themed outfits. Now, Will, I feel like I've given away enough of my personal life. I don't want you guys to be tracking me down. Annie, quiet. Wait, no, sorry, there's a news bulletin coming in. Sorry, Annie, quiet. The news ah! has got some breaking news. Sorry. Hold on, hold on. Turn that up. Roshin, turn that up, please. Pigs can be trained to play video games with their snout, study reveals. <laughs> Pigs are highly intelligent creatures and a study released on Thursday has revealed that they're skilled gamers too. Published in the Journal of Frontiers in Psychology, the paper is the culmination of extensive research into pig intelligence that began in the 1990s by scientists working with Stanley Curtis, a legendary swine researcher who died in 2010. It was co-authored by Candice Crowley, director of the Prudent University Centre of Animal Welfare Science, and Sarah Boyston, a professor of psychology at the... Ah, who gives a fuck? The paper highlights <laughs> two... <laughs> the paper highlights two Yorkshire pigs named Hamlet and Omelette, and two Panepito micropigs, also used in research and usually weighing 50 to 70 pounds, named Ebony and Ivory, all of which were kept at Pennsylvania State University. The pigs were trained at the rudimentary joystick operated video game task that they had been originally that had originally been created to test chimpanzees and rhesus monkeys. They learned how to manipulate the joystick with their snouts, snouts to move a computer cursor across the screen. Once they manoeuvred the cursor to hit a wall, a treat dispenser connected to the joystick would deliver a snag. <laughs> the game had varying levels of difficulty and the number of walls that appeared on screen decreased from four to one. The pigs, all of whom were far-sighted, eventually excelled at the game, though their performance varied at higher difficulty levels. Ivory hit the one-wall target impressive 76% of the time. Hamlet and Omelet were also forced to retire after 12 weeks of training because they had grown too large to stand long enough to complete sessions. <laughs> oh my god! That is... Oh. They were just too heavy to do it. Fat they shaming. got too fat, fat from, get, from, get, from getting the treats though. They got so fat they couldn't stand up anymore. This is so cruel. Pigs are so clever though, aren't they? They're super clever. I mean, you're after learning your alphabets. What? <laughs> we, Annie, we're not forgetting the time that we put you on an alien planet and you dropped the device into the water. We're not forgetting the time. <laughs> and you lived on berries and we had to do a rescue mission. <laughs> and the berries had turned your hair red. We're not forgetting all that time, are we? And I just, I, to keep my spirits up, I sang a different little um, karaoke song every day. Telling jokes out of your little box and just go, like making the noise of a siren. Imagine it was some guy who was trying to make it in stand-up comedy. <laughs> and he just, 
whenever an audience would come along, he'd be like, look at the berry, look at the berry, don't look at the berry, look at the berry, look at the berry. And <laughs> that would be his like opening little gambit. And then he'd like tell a few jokes. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe it was just like Jerry Springfield or, or Jerry Seinfeld in a little clown outfit. Jerry Springfield, this is getting wet. Just wrap, wrap the fucking anyway, thing Anyway, thank up. you for listening to this fucking uh, crystal... Crystal Met sponsored episode. Um, we have been your hosts, <laughs> Will and Annie, and we hope that your day is now filled with curiosities and um, uh, mental pain. You can check out more of this if you want to subscribe every week. We do an episode, or you can find us on Instagram at uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained um, Pod. And uh, you can also sign up for more episodes at Patreon um, forward slash Mysteries of the Unexplained where our, our lost podcast, What the Fuck is in this book, has three seasons worth of content there for you guys to indulge upon. It's so much bang for your buck, I feel. It's so much bang for your buck. We're just getting so Shut much Shut her down. <laughs> Turn off her mic. Turn off her mic. <laughs> Join us next week for more mysteries of the Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.